Good evening. This is a presentation of Movement Radio. Welcome to another edition of The Hauntings of. And now, here are your hosts, Chip Hazard and Talon Williams. <laughs> Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to another episode of The Hauntings of right here on Movement Radio. Talon here, Chip here, and uh, we're actually going to be talking about the hauntings of Massachusetts. Now, when it comes to paranormal activity, it seems like Massachusetts, well, they have a little something for everyone in terms of just creepy asylums and haunted forests, famous murder scenes, all kinds of paranormal stuff. And today we're going to be taking a look at some of the most haunted places in the state of Massachusetts. But before we get into that, uh... I'm going to kick it to Chip because Chip actually has a pretty cool thing that he wants to uh, read for us today. So, Chip, what do you have for us? Uh, Yeah, so this morning I woke up and uh, I checked the emails for Movement Radio. And uh, we received an email from a lady named Maria Pavlicek. And I, I apologize up front if I am butchering your name. But I do want to say thank you for the email. Uh, thank you for listening to us. And this email actually goes all the way back to um, hauntings of Alaska. Um, now, she said that uh, she listened to our segment. And uh, we after we talked about the Fairbanks Memorial Hospital, we didn't know a whole lot about that. And we said, hey, if you have any information about Fairbanks Memorial Hospital reach out to us we'd love to learn about that so she reached out uh, because she has some firsthand experience with the Fairbanks Memorial Hospital uh, now I'm not going to read her email verbatim uh, I'll just kind of summarize it um, her daughter was born two months premature and they spent uh, an entire month in the NICU there at Fairbanks Memorial Hospital. Um, and then uh, three months later, they had to go back into the hospital. Um, and this is when she was, they were on the pediatric floor and uh, she heard children crying in rooms that were not occupied. And she says that her daughter was the only child on the floor for an entire two weeks while they were um, in the NICU. That's frightening. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, you know, she said that she was listening to our podcast just for shits and giggles. And uh, when she heard us talking about this um, instance where they people had heard children crying in rooms that were not occupied, it kind of floored her. And, and, like shook her to her core because it, it it affected her. She she knew she heard this, and then here we are talking about it, and you know right. it's real. Um, so uh, she, you know, says that if we want to learn any more about her time there, uh, she's said you know feel free to email her back, and she even gave us her phone number. Um, so I, I may reach out to her and see if she would like to even come on the uh, podcast and maybe talk about her experiences there at the uh, Fairbanks Memorial Hospital in 
Fairbanks, Alaska. Uh, so once again, I want to say thank you, Maria, uh, for reaching out and giving us this email. Uh, we really appreciate that. And we thank you for uh, giving us a listen. Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun to have people uh, email us. I mean, even a couple of weeks ago when we had the AMA, you know, we had a few people emailing us random questions. Um, but to hear this lady have an experience and uh, and I know, you know, this when we do this, these episodes, it's always coming from the perspective of someone who believes and someone who doesn't believe. Um, but to hear to right. hear from someone, a third party that, you know, they have felt an experience of paranormal activity it does kind of you know kind of leans people who may not be believers maybe towards them just a little bit not to say it's full-fledged but i believe it's experiences i believe like what we said before like i believe in angels and demons you know and didn't also uh, you also said something about like there was somebody else who she recommended that she uh um recommended to go yeah oh yeah she she had uh, recommended one of her friends to go there and um, have her baby. Uh, she recommended the actual doctor. Um, and unfortunately, her friend's child did not make it. But um, they believe that there was an angel looking over the child while it was there at right. the Fairbanks Memorial so, Hospital. You know, right then and there, I mean, and again, not trying to tell you guys what to believe. You, be- you know, believe in whatever you feel. Um, but I do think that it's a pretty interesting take and Maria, we want us again for movement radio for chip, me, talent, everybody. Thank you guys uh, so much for listening. Thank you for listening. And we hope that you continue to listen. And uh, like chip said, you know, we have your information. We will definitely give you a, a call or send you a message and we'll see what happens. We'll get you on the show. Maybe you can explain your, uh, what you were feeling and what you were, uh, you know, what was going on with you. Um, but that's for a later on. That's for a later edition. But right now we are going to be talking about the hauntings of Massachusetts. And uh, Bubba, let's go ahead and let's kick off the first one. We're, we're going to be talking about Freetown Fall River State Forest. And this is in uh, Asanet. I want to say that's how it's pronounced. Asanet or however it's pronounced. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Asonet, it's, it, I would say it it's felt like Asonet, but I didn't want it yeah, to, you know, sound horrible. But anyway, yeah, it, it, it might be. be. Um, but anyway, Asinet. so this uh, Freetown Fall River State Forest is better known locally as the Cursed Forest of Massachusetts. It is a strange place with hundreds of weird stories that are linked that are linked to it. Among these stories, uh. Among the eyewitness reports, especially, there have been claims of UFOs, ghosts, mysterious lights, giant snakes, murders, disappearances, human and animal sacrifices, poltergeists, and many more. This really is one of the most haunted places in the state, not to mention one of the most bizarre. Now, I read that, and mostly all the information that we get is from this great website chip you want to tell them what the website is oh as usual you can go to hauntedroom.com to look at any of the places that we're talking about on today's episode of things of massachusetts yep. once again we're not sponsored but hopefully one day we will right okay so i'm at freetown state forest and this is in 
Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. There's a there's an actual Wikipedia page um, that is mm-hmm. said to accompany it, and it's got a couple of. Uh, huh. They have a they have a profile. It's, it's a, there's a profile rock. Is a picture taken from 1902. It looks like a a face that's been carved into the stone. So it says this is just a history. It says the state first acquired the land of us as- uh, as- for forest purposes in 1913, purchasing approximately nine acres of the of the forage pond from Lev- Levi Churchill of Berkeley. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Um, unfortunately, there hasn't. There's. I'm looking at. Okay, this might be okay. Crimes and incidences. Okay, it says that the forest has been a location of several crimes and incidences. Due to these events, the forest has become associated with the so-called Bridgewater Triangle. Never even—I don't even know what that is. Uh, it says Bridgewater Triangle is about a 200-mile radius in Massachusetts, where alleged paranormal activity, UFOs, and poltergeists have been heard. Uh, including sightings of Bigfoot, giant snakes, and even Thunderbirds, which are large Native American uh, uh, monsters and folklore and things like that. Um, these paranormal claims have, you know, been around, they say, all, ever, ever since the 1980s. I'm sorry, 1970s. Uh, it says in November of 1978, the body of Mary Lou Aruda, a 15-year-old cheerleader, abducted in Rayham, Massachusetts that September was discovered tied to a tree in the state forest James uh, Katner of Brock, Brockton um, previously convicted of kidnapping in 1967 was convicted of the kidnapping and murder in 1979 uh, the Massachusetts Supreme Court overturned the verdict and he, is convict- and he was convicted again in 1986 the verdict once again overturned he was retired in 1992 with that attempt ending in a mistrial. Huh, I wonder why. In 1980, while investigating under another murder, police had been approached by individuals who claimed to have witnessed satanic cult activity within the state forest. These reports had been bearing on the fourth Cater Trail from 1996 to 2000, which ended up with a conviction upheld in, 1990, in the 1996 trial. The defense... Sorry, the defense uh, charged the police with withholding information relating to suspicious alleged satanic cult activity. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, there's also been other instances of human waste being dumped in 1996 and reports of aggressive abandoned dogs in 2006. Uh, reports of escaped emus wandering the forest in 2006. So yeah, apparently this place has a lot of uh, a lot of weird happenings. Um, surely the hazardous waste wouldn't have anything to do with it, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. You, you ever go hunting near that forest anything. up there and uh, where they dumped the nuclear waste? Oh, absolutely! I caught a sixteen-point rabbit. <laughs> Can you imagine that? 16 point rabbit hanging on you all yep. when you walk into somebody's That's house. how we do it. Hell, where'd you keep that? <laughs> hey, we call yeah, those jackalopes. There you go. Here in the South, we call those jackalopes. Yeah, hey, you heard that word in a long <laughs> time. Jackalope. <laughs> all right. You got the next one, Bubba? I got the next one. Uh, next up, we are going to talk about 
Dogtown. Yep. This is in Cape Ann, Massachusetts. So in um, 1693, Dogtown was established as a very respectable settlement. However, somewhere along the way, it gained itself a very bad reputation. And by the 1800s, Dogtown was all about abandoned, or I'm sorry, it was all but abandoned, with only vagabonds and feral dogs calling it home. As the years passed, there were growing rumors that the residents of Dogtown had been practicing witchcraft. It was believed that Tammy Younger, also known as the Queen of the Witches, was placing curses on raiders who strayed too close to the town. These rumors are supported by the fact that some strange words and phrases are carved into boulders around the town's hmm. boundaries. These days, the remains of Dogtown are open to hikers, and although the wind is long gone, many say that the surrounding woods remain cursed, and there have been many unexplained occurrences reported. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> forgive me for this. When I when I hear Dogtown, I don't think of, you know. I don't think of like Massachusetts. Like I think Dogtown. I think of, you know, Dogtown and the Z Boys. You know, like I think of Stacy Peralta and those guys, like the skateboarding pioneers from the 1970s. Like that's when I think when I think Dogtown. You know, um, that's exactly what you I know. Um, and it, and I know Dogtown is a nickname of several different places in California. Oakland has a Dogtown. Uh, Santa Monica has one. Um, and, you know, and Lords of Dogtown was basically for anybody who doesn't, who's never seen that movie, Lords of Dogtown. If you're if you're a fan of skateboarding, go check it out. It's a really good, real, very well written uh, documentary slash feature film. Um, for anybody who wants to go check that out. Um, but yeah, for me, and, and you can actually look up Dogtown on Wikipedia, and you can actually find it, uh, Dogtown, Massachusetts, and they have. What you were explaining a minute ago, um, the the Babson Boulders, um, where they have, um, where you can look at, they only have like six on their uh, Wikipedia page, but there's one boulder that just says, never try, never win. There's also one with the number 15 written on it. There's also one that says D2SO, S-O, um, and then there's another one that says, keep out of debt. It it says if work stops, value decays, and then one just says Rockport on it, um, which I mean that's kind of um, kind of different. If work stops, value decays. That's um, that's that's actually kind of kind of brilliant if you think about it. You know, like oh, it's definitely brilliant. Yeah. That's, so, but yeah, okay. You know, we always gauge by like when when we're talking about these. It's like, okay, how real is this? Like, did you get goosebumps when we were talking about it? Right. And for me, I would say, no, I got no goosebumps. No, absolutely not. And what what automatically throws up a, a, a really red flag to me is when it says there have been many unexplained occurrences reported. Okay, well, tell me what some of those unexplained occurrences are. Exactly. You know, then I can, you know, with my own mind deduce, okay, um, you know, here's what this means and here's what that means. 
right it's 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 again you know we're, we're just like when we talk about with other uh episodes that you know when whenever you do when you hear something you automatically think nah that's bullshit or you think oh yeah. shit that could really happen <laughs> you know yeah and i'm not saying that this is bullshit but i'm saying that if you can't tell me what the unexplained occurrences are then you're probably making some shit up right right absolutely um so with that yeah i mean and they have like different you know if you if you go to the dog like which is it's pretty much a ghost town and it's been a ghost town since like what you said the 1830s and there really hasn't i mean i'm sure you could probably still drive through it um oh well, yeah think- they said it's open to hikers so you can you know hike into the the mountains there at Dogtown or whatnot but i don't know yeah i mean i, I guess it's one of those things if you, if you i guess if you're in the know then yeah you'd probably say oh yeah i'll check it out whatever um right. but anyway so we're going to go on to the very next one and this one just the name kind of gives you a little bit of like ooh, interesting but we'll find out uh spider gate cemetery and this is in leicester massachusetts now, Spidergate Cemetery gets its name from the distinctive design on the gates because there's a big old spider on the gates. However, yeah. it has also been known as the Quaker Cemetery and as the Eighth Gate of Hell. Dun, 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 dun. Now, the burial ground has been used since the 1740s, and local legend states that if it is a gate to another dimension, among the creepy tales linked to the burial grounds, it is a story of a young boy who hung himself in the trees. Ghostly sightings, strange noises, and evidence that satanic rituals are conducted on a strange stone known simply as the altar. Hmm. So, hmm. let me do some little internal investigation let me see if I can find Spidergate Cemetery. Let's see. Yeah, hey, you know what? It's got a page two. Spidergate Cemetery. It's got the history of it. Okay, so I'm just going to give you a brief one, I, I, other than what I just said. Founded in the 1740s, the first Quakers were Ralph Leary's family and John Porter's family. The first burial was in 1740. The first Southwick as uh, Amasa didn't arrive until the 1800s and had nothing to do with the founding of the cemetery in 1740. It says that their design was originally meant to represent the rays of sun, rays of the sun, but has since taken on a whole new popular name of the spider gates because the design, even though the, the, the design was meant to be a sun, it actually looks more like spiders. It says the cemetery currently remains open and in use by the Worcester Friends meeting with the most recent burial being as late as 2013. Uh, so yeah. It says the cemetery is open to visitors during the hours of daylight but it is closed once darkness falls. Hmm. Because of the frequent visits made to the cemetery and its proximity to both of the to the airport and the Worcester Reservoir, the area is well patrolled by both the Worcester and the Leicester uh, police. Hmm. Didn't really get what I wanted out of that. I figured they were going to tell me a little bit more about the 
the hauntings or a little bit more about the um uh more about like oh well what is the altar you know um i don't know i think yeah i um what are we three into the uh the hauntings of massachusetts here and i'm feeling a little lackadaisical right uh all right well it's just like um okay i mean i don't want to i don't want to pin the uh the hauntings of massachusetts as a plus just yet we still have more to talk about but so far i've not been impressed with these haunted places in massachusetts real quick just just right well real quick um i found this i found this website called try to scare me.com uh and it says that um it says the boy who was of a greek descent was an artist and gifted in creating paintings and drawings of all kinds in hopes that his soul would come back to life his family donated a gate entire entrance to signify his story um let me look and see where it said that he was Others refer to this as the eighth gate of hell, saying that it is it, 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 that if you pass through it, the gate will take your soul to meet the devil himself. Regardless, when you pass through the gates and walk to the middle of the cemetery, you will find a barren patch of land where no grass will grow. Its four corners are marked with cement blocks. This area has been known as simply the altar and is where the original worshiping house used to stand. According to legend, the house was used as sat- for satanic worship and satanic worship only to call upon various ghosts, demons, evil spirits, and more. Despite this place being so, despite this place of sacrifice, nothing will now grow on this land. Moving towards back to the cemetery, you find a headstone uh, belonging to Marmaduke Early. It's it's hard to miss because of the barren circle around the grave. The circle is the result of an attempt to con- to connect to him, contacting him. As the legend goes, if you walk around the gravestone ten times at midnight and say, Marmaduke speaks to me, kneel down and put your head on the gravestone and listen, he will speak to you. Hundreds of visitors have said to have heard moans. Further note, another ancient Greek custom with all the coins on the graves said to be payment for the toll over the river's sticks. Huh. Now, had they came out with something like that, that could have been a little bit more interesting. Right. Yeah. Right. That was definitely a little more interesting than um, what happened over at hauntedrooms.com. Right. And, you know, we appreciate hauntedrooms.com because they fulfilled us with a lot of content. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, but, but you know what? Maybe there was a reason why hauntedrooms.com said it this way because maybe it's one of those things where it's like hmm you gave me just enough information now that I'm curious I want to actually go and look this up so I'm actually glad I did because that one did turn out to be pretty interesting after the fact yes very much so All right, you got the next one Yeah, next one up um, is the first one on the website that actually has a picture Yay. Uh, it's <laughs> Taunton State Hospital in Taunton, Massachusetts. Uh, now, I'm looking at this picture, and I think it's phenomenal. I, I, I love this this kind of half-circle breezeway in between these two buildings that you can walk in under. 
um, in those old uh, the old vintage arch windows yeah. uh, and everything like I I just think those are really cool uh, and anytime I see like buildings with those kind of windows and just the architecture that this picture has uh i'm i'm really impressed right but i digress we're, yes. we're not here to talk about the architecture of the building <laughs> we're here to talk about the um hauntings of dead building right <laughs> of dead building so um taunton state hospital or what it is also known as is the state lunatic hospital at taunton as it was formerly known was abandoned in 1975 okay okay uh so it's not been it has not been used uh 75 85 95 in almost 50 years okay okay yes i did just count <laughs> uh just because i wanted to make sure right uh i get it i've had a rough I've had a rough day today. My brain is not working at 100% That's capacity. Fine. That's fine. So, uh, so this building has not been used in almost 50 years. So it says in the 1800s, there were rumors that the hospital was being operated by a satanic hmm. cult who would take patients into the basement and conduct dark rituals and even human sacrifices. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, there are apparently some s- still some strange and unexplained markings on the walls of the basement. Uh, and while the hospital was still open, staff would attempt to go downstairs into the basement area only for them to feel something physically stopping them from reaching the bottom Damn. step. All right. I'm going to be honest with you. That caught me a little bit. Because if I'm walking down the steps, like, so my office where I do the podcast at, at my house is upstairs right. in my attic. Uh, so I have to go down the stairs telling you know yeah. where I'm talking about. Uh, so I have to go downstairs to go to my bedroom. Uh, so if I'm walking down those stairs and I'm getting to the last step and it's like something is physically pushing against me to and is not letting me go down the stairs I'm going to freak the fuck <laughs> right? out right like legit I'm, I'm over it yep <laughs> you gonna hear me screaming right so yeah yeah that would yeah that would, I think that'd freak anybody out you know yeah I mean so uh, you used to live on the the second floor of the building that yeah. you live in now. So, what, what say you if you were leaving in the morning to go to work, and you're you know, bebopping down the stairs, and you get to you know the next last step, and it's all of a sudden you can't move anymore. I'm what calling my boss and saying, "Hey, listen, I ain't coming in. There's a damn poltergeist out here. They want to keep me at home. <laughs> I know you won't believe me. Hell, I'll take a vacation right. day. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, I don't think I'd leave the house again. Yeah, shit." We stuck here now. No, no, but no, no, but no, but knowing my luck, this damn ghost would let Amy and the kids go, and I'm still up here. Like, really, really, right? 
<laughs> I, I got I shit know, to right? do today. Amy, can you drive a forklift? So, <laughs> anyway. Right? But anyway. Uh, so anyway, staff also reported seeing a shadowy figure that would crawl along the walls and often lurked in corners watching the patient. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, could that be, you know, construed as death himself? Possibly. You know? Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, unless he has a scythe. Uh, so a, the most... A, unless you see, you know, he's got a scythe and some glowing eyes or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't right. say, but... Um, so the, the next sentence is... Uh, it kind of gets me a little bit. I want to do a little more research on this for uh, a future okay. episode. Um, so it says that the most famous resident of Taunton State Hospital was serial killer Jane Topan, <laughs> who killed more than 31 people while working oh, as fuck. a nurse. The, the, the person yeah. who's supposed to take the Hippocratic Oath... You know the first rule is do no harm. Like, yeah, you completely fuck. And then yeah. he kills thirty-one people. Yeah, fuck this bitch. <laughs> wow. Uh, so it is no wonder that this abandoned hospital is thought to be one of the most haunted places in the U.S. All right, so now we're on a roll. I am all in on Taunton yeah. State uh, State Hospital. Uh. I mean, so we got a serial killer. We've got a freaky, shadowy figure sitting in the corner. Uh, we've got satanic cults. We've got poltergeists that aren't letting you walk downstairs. I'm all in. This place is my number one so far. So far, <laughs> here right. in Massachusetts. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, you know what? While we're on the subject, I'm gonna go ahead and look up that that lady's name. What is it? Jane Toplin, Topan. It T O P P T O P P A N. Oh, oh, bitch, ugly as hell. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so she, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, she killed thirty five people. I'll say what the fuck I want about her. Uh, hey, you better watch out. She might try to come <laughs> back and kill you. Hey, don't be, don't be speaking ill will. So, of dead, so you know? but here's the thing: her penalty. And here's the weird thing: like she has 31 victims in a span of from, from 1895 to 1901. She, <laughs> oh my god, you ain't gonna believe this shit. Her criminal penalty: not guilty by reason of insanity. Hey, you know they say insanity will get yeah. you off. Okay. She so was quoted as saying to have killed more people, helpless people, than any other man or woman who ever lived. Um. They said her motives was she considered herself the angel of death, a type of serial killer who take who takes on a caretaker role and attacks the vulnerable and dependent. She was later described her motives as a paralysis of thought and reasoning, a strong urge to poison. Um, basically, and it shows like the the youngest person that she killed was forty. And the oldest person she killed was 83, I'm sorry, 87 years old. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. 
um it says and it, i mean her legacy continued on uh, uh the independent film american nightmare um had a where debbie rockin portrayed a serial killer named jane toplin who managed to kill numerous characters throughout the course of the film um toplin was the subject of six monologues in the play the murderess um which was which premiered at the saint paul minnesota uh theater abound um it says that she was featured on an episode of deadly women and episodes of the podcast criminal my favorite murder um and it also says that in the fourth season of the tv show fargo the character of a Aurora Mayflower was loosely inspired by her. So there you go. Oh wow. Yeah. You learn a lot about TV shows when you watch when you when you, when you look up shit that you uh didn't know about. But yeah, she uh yeah, killed 31 people and got off on the insane defense. So there you go. That is insane. Uh yeah. Yeah. So you got next up. I got next up, brother. All right. So the next one we're going to talk about is the Colonial Inn, and this is in Concord, Massachusetts. Now, let me click on this real quick. There we go. All right. Now, several stories have been told about the inn's haunted reputation, and they refuse to die down. In 1966, a newlywed couple from New York was belated in the room in the, in the hotel room 24. They were looking forward to being able to spend some time together. However, during the morning of the bride, during the morning, the bride looked very pale. Two weeks after they left, the innkeeper received a letter from the woman. In the letter, she narrated that she was always she's always she always prided herself in being a sane person however on the night of june 4th she saw a ghost in the inn she said that she was awakened in the middle of the night by a presence in the room she saw a grayish figure at the side of her bed it remains still and then slowly floating at the foot of the bed after seconds the apparition disappeared room 24 is said to be the center of all paranormal activity in the hotel. However, other areas of the hotel have also been investigated by ser- by various television shows such as Ghost Hunters, Ghost Village, and A.E. A&E Psychic Kids. Now, the inn originally uh, the original structure was built back in 1716, but the property only stayed operational as a hotel since 1889 and was then known as Monument Square. The Colonial Inn is listed on the National Register of Historical Places. In 1775, one of the buildings of the inn was used as a storehouse for arms as well as food. The British came to seize the supplies and was met at the North Bridge by the Minutemen to what came known as the First Battle of the Revolutionary War. So there's there's an interesting bit of history for you. Now, that's that's very interesting. So there was a parade every April commemorating this battle. Now, in the 19th century, some parts of the inn were used as a story. Um, the property also served as as a uh, residence. Uh, the author Henry David uh, Thoreau, I want to say that's how it's pronounced, lived there for two years while he was still attending Harvard uh, Harvard uh, University. By the 1900s, the property had re- was renamed Colonial Inn. It was purchased in 1988 by a German hoteler by the name of Jürgen Demenisch. I want to say that's how it's pronounced. My German is a little rusty. 
and since then has undergone various renovations. Now, the Colonial Inn makes the best destination for people traveling for leisure or people traveling for business purposes, or in some cases, looking for hauntings. Uh, it is located near a major highway and none of the 45 rooms are exactly alike. The inn is dedicated to preserving the rich history of Concord as well as promoting the best level of service to their guests. The inn's guest rooms still have the original beams and flooring from the original structure. So there you go. Um, the guests will be won't be disappointed unless you're in room 24, uh, which offers some of the best fares in New England. Sunday brunch is not to be missed. Guests have often um, want you know get guests who want to cap off the night with a drink and head down to the village Ford for the village Ford Forge Tavern, which is in the lobby of the hotel. Um, and as always, if you want to check out the rooms, go to hauntedrooms.com. And you, if you uh, want to uh, rent a room, they have the information for you. They have cable TV. They have private parking, private bathrooms, wireless uh, high-speed internet connection. Not as fast as Chattanooga, but that's a different story for a different time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to embrace that fact. Um, oh, oh, wow, this is expensive. Okay, so you can get a room as low as $144. But the most expensive room is the thorough suite which starts at $284 a night. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um so looking back, I mean, you would think when you talk about the grayish figure that this that this newlywed scene now, you know, really that's really the only real Thing about this one is just that one room, room 24, you know. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily say if I mean if you got the one room, like I can honestly say that the 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 the, the Tourton State Hospital was a little bit more haunted than this one is. Uh yeah. Yeah. This one seems like I mean it, it it's known more for just one simple story as opposed to being a hotbed of paranormal activity, you know. So yeah. But you know, yeah, sometimes, it, sometimes these places uh, live off of that one. You know, they, they took that one shot, that one opportunity. Uh, they seized their moment per se, and ran right. with it. Um, although I do find it very interesting that you know it was basically used as you know, like part of the Revolutionary War. You know that that every April that oh yeah that was very yeah that it was the first building seized for supplies, you know being the first battle. So yeah, the the history of it by itself is you know very thought out. But I would be more along the lines of like if they said they heard muskets going off or you hear British people like screaming in pain or people dying, moans and groans and things like that, like. If it if it if it was centered more around the American Revolution, then yeah, that would, that would be a little bit more intriguing. But the fact that the hotel is really only known more for just this one story about this couple who's seen a grayish figure, that's kind of uh, you know I'm I'm kind of leaning toward more of the other you know stories at this point you know. But anyway. right. All right, so you got the next one. Hmm. Yes, you caught me in the middle of taking a drink there. 
And what All is right. today? And what is tonight's uh, beverage of choice? Uh, today's beverage of choice is just a uh, a Seagram's Escapes uh, strawberry daiquiri. I got water. Not nothing. <laughs> not nothing too hard. Just uh, just a little something. I like a little bit of there flavor. Uh, probably gonna get made fun of because they're you know girly drinks. But you know what? I drink what I exactly. like. I buy it. That's all exactly. That Anyway, all right, so, you got uh, next one. so yeah, next up, we're going to talk about the Houghton Mansion in North Adams, Massachusetts. Yeah, right. All right. So the former home of Albert Charles Houghton and his family, known as the Houghton family or the Houghton Mansion, is now being used as a Masonic temple. Oh, interesting. Yes, uh, nestled in the heart of Berkshire Mountains, it is considered one of the most mysterious and most haunted buildings in the state of Massachusetts. Mm. Undoubtedly, the most popular ghost in the Houghton Mansion is that of Albert Houghton's daughter, Mary. Okay. She died in a tragic car accident on the 1st of August. 1914. Okay. So, uh, you know, a little over a hundred years ago. Right. <clears throat> Masons who have been using the building for more than half a century have reported witnessing various supernatural occurrences. They speculate that the original owner as has not left his residence at all. Mary is also still there, remaining true to her promise of looking after her father. Interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So one Mason who has been in the lodge for 28 years has not seen anything unusual, but he does report a few things which he could not explain. So if I, I'm confused. Uh, if I can't explain something, that's unusual. Yeah, very unusual. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, just just want to make sure that, like I said earlier, my brain isn't functioning at 100% right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, if I can't explain it, that's unusual. Anyway, the second floor is the records room where he had his most experience. He was looking through some old records when he and his wife heard the sound of rustling papers. Okay. It got louder and louder and he built. Okay, so if you didn't see anything unusual, why are you running? Right. Same thing I'm thinking. I'm just wondering. If it's not unusual to you, are you running? Apparently, you hear papers. On. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, there's somebody of another Mason who has been in the lodge. Right. Uh, there is also another story of another lodge. Um, he had heard a lot of scary stories about the building, but never gave any. He 
another man was in the lodge. They were two feet of snow and they heard the side door open and shut. They heard someone stomping as if to get snow off of their boots and heavy footfalls came down the hall although there was no one who came around the corner. The two men checked the side door but saw no one there. There was also no footprints in the snow. Fuck. Yeah. So, uh, he uh, he became right. a believer that yep. night. Yep, this, this, this is this some crazy shit going on. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> right. Um, so, a little brief history of the, the Houghton Mansion. Uh, it was built by the first mayor of North Adams in 1890, right. Albert Houghton. The structure is located at 172 Church Street and is now a Masonic right. temple. Albert Houghton was actually born in Vermont in 1844 and was the president of Arnold hmm. Printworks. The building which Arnold Printworks used to occupy is still standing to this day and has been converted to a mansion. Very interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so when Albert turned 61, he vowed to change his lifestyle and dedicate most of his time at home. His daughter Mary decided to devote her life to caring for her sickly father. And in the, the spring of 1914, Albert bought his very first car. Uh, Mary Houghton died days later at, in a car accident, which also killed Mrs. Hunton, her mother. Oh wow! Uh, the trusted servant, yep the the trusted servant who was driving the car when the accident happened, could not forgive himself of the deaths. And on the morning of August second, he went to the basement of the house Damn. and shot himself. Yeah. Wow. I... Um, Albert. Yeah, Albert did not suffer any physical injuries during the accident but the deaths of his beloved wife and daughter broke his heart and he died 10 days after the crash wow yeah wow so crazy yeah so it says that the mansion remained in the family until 1926 when it was finally sold to the Freemasons um and it says the Masons hold their secret meetings and rituals in a temple which they have built that is also attached to yeah. the mansion. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for the, the Freemasons, people, a lot of people have their thoughts on the Freemasons and the majority of the, uh, the majority of the, the beliefs from people on the, in the outside. I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories based around them, uh, especially if you've seen if you've read any books by Dan Brown or if you've seen the movie National Treasure, you know, which I love the National Treasure movies, you know. Um, right. Uh, so. Yeah. But yeah, very, so, very interesting. Uh, I, I really dig the Dan, Dan Brown books. Uh, they're kind of the, what, like, dove me headfirst into 
conspiracy theories yeah, and stuff like that. With, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, you know, like I'm, you know, big fan of, you know, like I enjoy conspiracy theories um, because it's, it's interesting to hear takes from, you know, all walks of people, you know, whether you get it first, second, third hand information, or if it's just something that you just feel, you know, um, but that being said, this, I mean, this, it's, it's very interesting. This, uh, this particular entry is very interesting. Um, so yeah, the whole thing about, you know, oh, well, well, you know, I went, we, we went around to see, you know, it was in two feet of snow and we heard something, but there's no footprints. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to be around this place right now, you know, but the next one, we're, yeah, so the next one we're going to be talking about is Danvers State Hospital. This is in Danvers, Massachusetts. Click on this real quick, and here we go. Now, everyone loves a good horror story. Well, of course we do. And when it comes to talking about Danvers State Hospital, you'll enjoy more than your fill of ghost stories. Also known as the State Lunatic Hospital of Danvers. We're getting all the lunatic hospitals today, Bubba. Uh, the Danvers Lunatic Asylum and the Danvers State Insane Asylum. This formerly this former insane asylum is now only a shell of its former self, but that simply adds to the already intimidating building, which is one of the most notorious of the insane asylums in America. Period. So, in terms of just insane asylums, they're saying this one is just out there you know what i mean so let's continue so we're gonna be talking about the ghost of this hospital now said to be the inspiration for hp lovecraft's arkham sanitarium danvers has a gothic design that has captured the imagination of horror aficionados walter jackson freeman ii an american physicist conducted numerous lumbotomy procedures in this hospital Although a small number of patients saw minor benefits from the procedure, many others experienced adverse effects. Visitors to then visitors to the then open hospital reported patients walking aimlessly in the halls and staring vacantly into the walls. People who have gone to the hotel when it was already abandoned have stared have stated hearing disembodied voices wails and patients asking for help and attention the torture and abuse which flowed freely during the hospital's operations has yet to be erased from the the horror like the the horror which has brought them which has brought the patients there so basically like you it's like no matter what you try to like even if even if you try to like move away like you can't you, you will still hear it. Like, the operations has yet to erase the horror in which it brought. Apparitions of the former patients have been seen, and there is a very eerie atmosphere in the grounds as well. The building itself has also guarded to stop avid ghost hunters from entering, and only one group to stay... I'm sorry, only one group to this day has ever been granted access at night. So what does that tell you? That they are legitimately saying, okay, we're only going to give one group access, you know. Um, probably nothing with television cameras or anything like that. So um, at least that I know of. I'm, I, don't, I, I can't remember 
ghost adventures or ghost hunters or taps or anybody like that doing anything at this particular i've never heard of danver state hospital before uh no i, right. I haven't either so, uh, go when ahead. you said danvers i, I was like uh it, it were i don't know it shot me to carol danvers which is uh captain marvel in the marvel universe right. so little brief history over the about the place so Built in 1874 and opened in 1878, the Danvers State Hospital was under the supervision of a prominent architect from Boston named Nathaniel Jeremiah Bradley, a self-contained, it's, yeah, a self-contained psychiatrist hospital which is designed to build, which is designed and built in accordance with the Kirkbride plan. Danvers is also rumored to be the birthplace of the prefrontal lobotomy. Uh, the hospital initially cost 1.5 million dollars to construct and it had two main buildings which housed four uh radial wings and admit and, and administration uh middleton pond supplied the hospital with water and on each side of the main building were wings that housed male and female patients the housing units were connected by small square towers now Newer buildings were constructed over the years and alterations were made. Um, the new gymnasium and auditorium was added, as well as multiple solaria. I don't know what that is. Um, there is a confusing labyrinth of underground tunnels which connect the buildings on the campus. The original plan was to build the hospital in accordance with 500, accommodating 500 patients. However, by the late 1930s and 40s, there were more than 2,000 patients. The basement was even used to hold these patients. Yeah, so pretty much more people got sick than you originally intended. And then you're basically, you know, trying to fit as many people into this hospital as you possibly can to treat them. Um, So... Although the hospital was originally made to provide residential treatment to the mentally ill patients, it is also expanded to include training programs for nurses as well as research laboratories. There were massive budget cuts in the 1960s, and this was one of the causes of the hospital's closure. It was officially closed on June 24, 1992, and after that, it was abandoned and left to rot, basically. The property itself was sold in 2005 to the Avalon Bay development and a lawsuit was filed to to uh, stave off the hospital's demolition but demolition did start in 2006 the underground tunnel from the power plant still exists but it is not certain if the tunnel networks were also removed during the building's demolition today the only thing left of the hospital are some old tunnels a cemetery and a brick shell for of the administration as well as the d and the g wings several ghost hunting tv shows have visited the property and the movie section nine was shot on the grounds oh wow yeah so I, i'm assuming that while all because because originally it says that the building itself has has always been guarded to stop avid ghost hunters from entering and only one group to this day has ever been granted access to the night have been granted access at night but then it says several ghost hunting tv shows have visited the property and the movie section nine was shot at the grounds too so which one is it did no one get access or was this after the demolition or whatever you know like 
I'm getting mixed messages. Yeah. Like I'm like like there's a part of me that like okay this is captivating but then there's another part of me that says wait a second this is that you're contradicting yourself in one sentence to another in your brief history you say that many many have done it, and then you talk about the ghost stories and it's like oh it's all bullshit like make up your mind what do you want me to do <laughs> you know um unless this was pre yeah, it, it's crazy yeah unless it was after the fact but you know who knows all right you got the next one bubble I got the next one and the next one uh I just read the title of it and wow. So we're going to talk about the Lizzie Borden House Bed and Breakfast. Yeah. Uh, in Fall River, Massachusetts. Uh so the events in the Borden House in Massachusetts are so gruesome that they have been immortalized into a children's rhyme. Uh, and for those of you that don't know the rhyme, I am going to recite it for you right now. It Yay. says, Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. And when she saw that she was done, she gave her father 40. Um, Yay, so serial killer. Only... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so if you, go to on... if you could go to only one single haunted house in your entire life this is definitely the place to be okay, okay. So we're already almost, we're already putting the the, uh, the 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 bar way up here so the bar is high right let's now let's see how far it diminishes let's go so almost everyone knows who Lizzie Borden is if you don't know her or her history, at least you know the song which has been written about her. Its macabre history has given the house a grim reputation. It is now rated as one of the most haunted places on the entire planet Earth. That's crazy. That that, that, that this one place is now not only just one of the most haunted places in Massachusetts, but of Earth, like that's that's a that's a big big deal. Yeah, so it is now been converted into a bed and breakfast. Yeah, yeah. and it attracts ghosts from all over the world. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I want to pause right there. Right. First of all. I'm crazy. <laughs> okay. And those of you who actually know me know that I'm crazy. <laughs> However, I'm not crazy enough to sleep in a murderer's house. Or the victim of a murderer's house. <laughs> yes. Just not even, not happening. Right. Not doing it. No. Sorry. That's out of my wheelhouse. Right. Uh so there's some people out there that well I would say there's a lot of people out there that are just a little bit crazier than I am mm. so <sighs> excuse me um, guests at the bed and breakfast have reported hearing the voice of a woman weeping softly at night some have reported seeing shoes move by self across the floor and others 
have also reported seeing an older woman wearing a traditional tuck them in. Uh huh. Could that be? Oh. Could that be Lizzie? Could that be the mother? I mean, <laughs> first, first, first of all, hold on, time out. <laughs> we got to re. We got to rewind. That. <laughs> uh, so so y'all seen an older woman come and tuck you in at night, and you stayed? <laughs> no, no. Nope. <laughs> I don't care what's going on. I don't, I don't care how much I done spent on this room. If I'm laying in bed, it's like just this elderly woman that ain't supposed to be in my room just, just appears out of nowhere and comes and tucks me in. Jesse, get the boys up, pack your shit. We're going home. And we're going home right now. Period. Right. I mean, it's just not happening for me. Right. Right? I mean, what say you? Are you staying? I wouldn't be in the motherfucker anyway. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I wouldn't even be in there anyway. That's what I'm saying. I'm just not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't care where I'm at. I, I, I don't care where I'm at. Somebody just randomly appeared in my bed. No, um, look, I'm gonna be moving so fast. You know, on the cartoons where their legs are moving so fast that they're not moving, right? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be me. I'm gonna burn a motherfucker down trying to get out. Right, trail of fire going moving. down the stairs. Yes. So, all right. Uh, television crews as well as paranormal investigators have reported lights flickering their video equipment turning off and on by itself cameras working even when no one is there to operate them Um, and it says that the ghosts of Abby and Andrew which are Lizzie's father and stepmother are also still said to haunt the house maybe Abby's the one that tucks you in in the bed she's not going to tuck me (laughs) not me Um, So, a brief history about the Borden House. Uh, The Lizzie Borden House was erected in 1845. It was originally built for two families. However, it turned into a single-family home. Um, Andrew Borden, Lizzie's father, bought the house because it was near the bank where he worked and the other businesses which he owned. Hmm. Since the infamous murders, the house has been a private residence. It has since been converted into a bed and breakfast where people can stay in the very rooms where the murders took place. Mm-hmm. No, not this nope. guy. <laughs> nope. Um, it is now called the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. Uh, you got to kick in on that name um, of course so, yeah there is a division when it comes to opinions regarding Lizzie Borden is seen as a good daughter who made it her mission 
to ensure that her father was comfortable as he could be. However, there is also the side of Lizzie, which is believed to be the bad daughter. So, she had split personalities? Maybe. Possibly. Uh, Yeah, it says that people say that she was a bitter woman. Excuse me. Uh, People say that she was a bitter woman who would say bad things about her father behind his back. It is said that she would not talk to her father for days whenever she was angry with him. I mean, that sounds like typical... that's yeah, normal that's, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's normal right? stuff. Shit if, this, uh, shit, if this took place in the South, that they'd already have the cops called on them a couple times. I mean... <laughs> yep, you ain't lying. I mean, that's an episode of cops waiting to happen, you know? <laughs> yep. Anyway, go ahead. All day. Um, so the murders took place in a hot August morning. Abby, Lizzie's stepmother had her head almost torn off of her shoulders. She was hit with a blunt instrument as she lay face down on the floor. According to forensics, it is very likely that she saw her attacker. It was found that her head was crushed by 19 axe or hatchet wounds. Mm. Because of the lack of blood, it was believed that Abby died after the first blow. Hmm. Wow. I, I don't know. Hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. It says due to lack of blood. That's the thing, man. You get hit 19 times unless you're hitting in the exact same spot. No, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you you hit somebody I, nineteen times with an axe. It's gonna there's gonna be blood everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Hell, you hit somebody you hit somebody with an axe one time in the right place on the neck. You hit that carotid or that juggler vein. Next, you know it's this this spray everywhere. Like I've seen enough horror movies everywhere. to know this. You know. Yep. Um. So Andrew Borden was believed to be relaxing in the sitting room. When he was struck, his head and face were so hacked that it was difficult to even recognize him. One of his eyes had been cut in half and it protruded in a ghastly manner. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. That gave, me, that gave me cold chills right there just thinking yeah, about know, that. Right? <laughs> um, so Lizzie was tried for murder. Uh, of her father and stepmother but was acquitted of the crimes right yeah so they're saying she did it but she didn't get in trouble for it right so until this day there is still speculation as to what really happened and whether Lizzie Borden killed her father and stepmother or not right so it's well, one of those unsolved mysteries right well here, here's here's my question because I don't know how far back forensics as far as using forensics to solve crimes goes um so the 
it was August of 1892 when these murders took place. Correct? So, how far back does forensics go? Because it says here, according to forensics, it is very likely that she saw her attacker. Now, again, I'm not trying to dispute, you know, whatever the scientific claim is, because obviously... There's people who are in forensics that know way more about the hell. All the only forensics I know is when I'm watching like episodes of like SVU or CSI or those other shows that have acronyms. But right. you know, it golly, man, going back. If I don't know, man, the, the thought of night the thought of 19 axe wounds not having the lack of blood, like to me, that's that's very questionable. The mangled face of the father, that's, I mean, you got to have some serious rage issues if you're hacking somebody's face, you know, like, I mean, he was just sitting in the, and he was just relaxing in his uh, room and then she, did she come up from behind him, bam, catch him in the back of the head? She I mean, domed him, bro. Pain, hey, painless and quick. I mean, if that, if you want to go, bam, painless and quick. Um, so hell, he probably didn't even he probably didn't even re- notice it, recognize it, nothing. Um, but yeah, but the, the eyeball being cut, ugh, like even that right there, that right there makes my eye want to you know water up and just be like, nah. Um, yep. And then there was the whole story of the investigation, um, and the fact that uh this has inspired so many different things like the legacy that that she did and there was a i think it was a i think it was a movie lizzie borden took an axe it was from 2014 i want to say it was a tv film starring christina ricci she played lizzie borden and then 2015 there was the lizzie borden chronicles that also came out i believe that was a uh it was a Lifetime Channel uh, thing. It was a limited series that they had on Lifetime Channel. Um, uh, 2018, there was a movie called Lizzie that came out. Um, uh, I'm trying to think who else. I can't remember. Can't remember some. I can't remember the name, but I think um, I, I can't remember. Basically, there was a. Um, I'll, I'll just read it to you. It says that the feature film Lizzie in 2008. Uh, was with Chloe Savary as Lizzie Borden and Kristen Stewart as Bridget Sullivan depicted as lesbian depicted a lesbian twist between Borden and Sullivan which led to the murders so there's something interesting um yeah so but yeah but I mean the story of Lizzie Borden I think a lot of people know of the story of the uh Lizzie Borden took an axe um but it is said to be one of the most um, well-known unsolved mysteries in the world um, for many, many years. Um, and there's still people to this day who feel like she didn't do it. Um, but, you know, who, who's to say whether she did or she didn't? Uh, we weren't there. So we're right. not accepting. I mean, we're not, we weren't. Right. Yeah. I mean, we weren't there, so it's whew, whatever. Yeah, man. You know, Andrew Borden now is dead. Lizzie hit him in the head. Up in heaven, he will sing. On the gallows, she will swing. There you go. There's a second verse to the uh, folklore. Uh, so, right. 
from there, we're going to jump on to the last one of the day. And we're going to go to Hawthorne Hotel. And this is in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, let me click on this one more time. And bada boom, don't you slow down on me, you son of a bitch. Fucking pop-ups. Damn it. I got to do something about my firewall. Anyway, yeah, let me close this out. Come on. Come on. All right. Stop. Refresh. Pardon me, ladies and gentlemen. We're having difficulties on this episode of Movement Radio. Oh, site can't be reached. You have to re-download. Um, okay. Click off of that. Click back onto this. Click back onto that. Hauntedrooms.com. Thank you very much. States. Massachusetts. Not New Hampshire, you asshole. Massachusetts. You're, I'm going through this, ladies and gentlemen, so you're going to have to go through this with me. Uh <laughs> Okay, here we go. Hawthorne Hotel, Salem, Massachusetts. Click on it. Bam, here we go. All right. Now, if you guys can forgive the illustration, here we go. Now, Salem is a place that is notorious for one thing. Can you want to guess what that is, Chip? Trials. There you go. The Salem Witch Trials, which took place back in 1692. Salem is prone to stories of hauntings and restless spirits due to the fact that it has a very violent history. The colonial city has more than its fair share of witchcraft and paranormal activity that goes back as far as the infamous witch witch trials. One of the first women to be executed during the witch trials was Bridget Bishop. She was the owner of an apple orchard where the hotel is now located. Guests at the hotel report smelling apples even though they're not included in the menu. Ooh. That could just be the crown royal talking, to be honest with you. <laughs> hey, that crown apple ain't no joke, bro. But anyway, so most of the buildings surrounding the hotel were constructed by the Salem Spa Captains. They were a lively group that assisted people in old age as well as people with disabilities. However, the Salem Marine Society has raised to give the hotel more space. Other paranormal activities in the hotel have been attributed to the sea captains who were returning to their gathering places. Now, room 1612 is reported to be one of the most haunted locations in the hotel. The apparition of a woman has been seen to wandering the to wandering the halls outside of the room, often pausing in front of the door. In the room itself, guests have often complained about the uneasy feeling as if someone was watching them, staring at them in, while they were in the room with the door open. In room 325, there have been several reports of lights and faucets turning on and off of their own accord. Excuse me. There has also been reports of crying babies, babies in distress, and feeling of being feelings of being touched. Several hotel guests have reported hearing strange sounds and having strange occurrences. A horseman who used to work in the lower deck returned only to find his entire setup changed, and since then has refused to work during nighttime. The hotel has off has a large wheel in the in the hotel restaurant which turns around as if controlled by the hands of a long dead seafarer. Well, there you go. So the history began in uh the, I'm sorry yeah the, the hotel's history began in 1923 when people of Salem clamored for a modern hotel. More than a thousand residents of Salem and businessmen bought stock in the hotel and they owned the hotel after World War II. 
Then a group of local businessmen acquired controlling interest. The hotel opened for business on the 23rd of July in 1925 amidst fanfare. Thousands of people turned up for the big parade. Now, the hotel is named after Salem's most famous son, the author of The House of Seven Gables and Scarlet Letter, Nathan Hawthorne. Nathaniel Hawthorne. The hotel hosts its first wedding reception in, in October of 1925, and the newlyweds were, were, were Russell William Russell Burns and Laricia Johnson Perkins. I want to say that's how, how the, her first name is said. Today, it is a time-honored tradition. Here we go with that go word again. There is a time-honored tradition in wherein 100 couples hold their wedding receptions at the hotel. So there you go. Um, and anybody again who wants to uh, come, uh, go to the hotel, check out hauntedrooms.com or go to the Hawthorne Hotel website. Um, wireless internet, air conditioning, room service until 6 30. Um, pet friendly, and they have a business center. You can get a room as low as $130, or you can get the queen and sofa bedroom starting at $180. So there you go. Um, but going back more to the hauntings, it seems appropriate because. When we talked about one of the first women to be executed during the Salem Witch Trials was was Bridget Bishop. She was the owner of an apple orchard where the hotel is now located. Now, it's a little bit different, but at the same time, it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, which, you know, we all, because on, on other episodes, Chip, we talked about Indian burial grounds and how, like, you you don't want to disturb somebody's right. resting place. Um, this would probably be somewhat, I don't know if it's the exact same thing, but almost as if, like, Bridget is kind of still there in a sense with people, you know, with the, with her apple orchard still being there. You know what I mean? And the fact that people still feel the eerie presence of, especially in room 212, oh, I'm sorry, uh, 612, where they feel like someone's staring into the room at them, you know, which sometimes, I mean, that's a, that's a weird fear in, in and of itself. The, the feeling of being watched, you know? Yeah. I do. Yeah, that really gets me like I I have, you know, felt that feeling before. And, you know, like I say, you know, I, I don't believe in ghosts because I've never encountered them. But I do sometimes get this feeling like if I'm sitting in working or whatnot, I, all of a sudden I'll just get like this feeling that somebody's watching and I'll look around, you know, but. That's about as far as it goes right. with me. Um, and, and, and sometimes, you know, I don't know if maybe if that's our, you know, our our body producing the extra DMT as our like our little uh, echo locator or whatever, like we're fucking whales or dolphins or some shit. Uh, but yeah, right. But uh, but but it, but but it's different though, and especially because it kind of coincides with the Salem witch trials, where you know, if you knew math, you were a witch. If you could speak another language you was a witch if you read any books other than the bible you were a witch you know if you added two or three extra seasonings to the meat you were a witch you know if you wore glasses you were a witch. like they were pretty much throwing out anything and everything uh what was the movie i cannot think i can't think of the movie to save my life matter of fact you know what if i go if i look up salem witch trials see say lum spell with an e dumbass there you go salem witch trials um there should be see we do that one right there 
Yeah, talks about sin which are the Puritans, the ancestors. British so people so tight the English kicked them out. <laughs> like how anal do you have to be for the British to say, get the fuck out? But anyway, um it was made uh, yeah, that's yeah, pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. There were mo- there was a movie made about it, and I'm trying to remember which movie it was. Okay, pop Salem Witch Trials and Pop Culture uh films. I'm do you know who was in it or who directed uh, it? Or? There it is, The Crucible. That's what it was. It was The Crucible, but I'm not. Oh yeah, but I'm yeah. not sure it was. We watched that in. Yeah, school. yeah, but I don't think it was. I don't think it, it was. It was The Crucible because there was a book that was written about it. First, it was a play, um, but then there was. But yep. if I want to say they redid it, like because I remember we watched a later version of it, but I can't exactly remember. I can't exactly remember what it was. I, I want to say it was The Crucible. Um, but there was another one. There was another one. I can't exactly remember what it was. It was more. It wasn't. The, it wasn't. Uh, no, it wasn't. Break the chair. No, no it wasn't that one. Uh, Gallows Hill. No, that wasn't it either. I think it may have been the Crucible that we watched in high school. Um, because it was more. I definitely watched it in high school. Yeah, that was yeah, because it was back in the nineteen. Yeah, because everybody because. It was based on the play, and it was basically a movie. But basically, it was a play on a on film, is what it was basically. Um, and then they redid it. I think they did a. Um... Oh, this is interesting. So, the original play, broad Broadway cast from 1953 uh, had some pretty interesting names: uh, Marlene Shorewood, Arthur Kennedy. Uh, Joseph Sweeney. However, oh, hold on a minute. Joseph Sweeney. Okay, that's the guy who played juror number nine, the elderly guy in Twelve Angry Men, which is another good movie, by the way. Everybody needs to go check out that movie. Very good. Um, but yep. in two thousand and two, Broadway um, revived the uh, the uh, the play, and John Proctor was played by Liam Neeson. So that's interesting. So you know, looking back, you, you learn yeah. a lot. you learn a lot when you look shit up on Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> uh, there's also that movie um, by Rob Zombie. I want to say it's just called Salem. Witches of Salem. The Witches of Salem. Yeah. Right. Have you seen that? I have. I have not. I. I know that wasn't. The, I know that wasn't the movie I was thinking of earlier. Um, but I know that. Um, let's see. Let me go through this way real quick. Where are we at? There we go. Okay, that's his. Yeah, his filmography. Yeah, it was. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. There you go. Yeah. Um, I don't. Did it? It says yeah in Salem, Massachusetts. Heidi, a recovering drug addict, works as a DJ at a hard rock station with her co-worker Whitey and Munster. She receives a strange wooden box containing an album by a band named The Lords. At her apartment, she and Whitey listen to the record, which is a series of string and woodwind instruments playing several notes and repeating itself. Heidi has a vision of a wom- of a woman who worships Satan at at any at a unsuspected time in the past brutally birth a baby then damn the child a vision stops once whitey turns off the wreck turns off the uh the song 
Wow. Okay. I'm going to pause it right there. I don't want to, because I have yet to see Lords of Salem. I don't exactly, you know, um, like I've said, like I've seen a lot of Rob Zombie films. Like I've seen uh, obviously the, the three from hell series, house of a thousand corpses, devil's rejects and three from hell. Um, I've seen his Halloween, uh, but both Halloween, right. Halloween two, um, the zombie horror picture show is still one that I have yet to see by him, uh, that I want to check out. Um, he actually was in a role in Guardians of the Galaxy. I did not know about this. He was a voice, yes. he had a voice cameo. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 31, which I still have. It's been four years and I still haven't seen uh, 31 yet. So I need to definitely. No, I haven't seen that one either. Um, speaking of Rob Zombie, I, I heard this rumor and I, I don't believe it, but I think it'd be pretty cool. I actually heard a rumor that... Um, Rob Zombie, they they've approached him about being the director for the film adaptation to the video game Twisted Metal. And I don't know that they're ever going to do a video game or a movie adaptation to that. I really wish they would, because I mean, which then again, it kind of lost its popularity after Twisted Metal Black, and that was in the PlayStation Two years. So could they right. possibly bring it back to the new generation? Maybe. But then again, we got Rocket League now, so I mean, probably not. Exactly. All right, but anyway, so after going through all nine places, out of all nine places that we talked about today, which two would you consider the most interesting? Uh, Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. That's on mine. Uh, and then... Uh, the uh the Taunton State Hospital. Yeah, that would I would say those are mine too. The Lizzie Borden House and Taunton State Hospital. If a, at a distant yeah. third, I'd probably say the Spidergate Cemetery. Um now yeah. knowing like after you found out, like reading some of the stories about it on the try to scare me.com website, you know, that's pretty uh pretty interesting the way that I uh the way that I found it and we read it and everything. So I was like, okay, so that one's kind of up there. Um, but yeah, the, the, the state hospital, you know, cause I think the state hospital kind of had like what you said, had everything. It had satanic cults, human sacrifice, dark rituals, uh, poltergeist keeping you from going downstairs, um, death appearing around corridors and shadows and a serial killer, which killed 31 people like that. <laughs> that one was probably the one that was probably the most uh, crazy. But anyway, so uh, yeah. but anyway, thank you guys once again for tuning into this episode of the Hauntings of. Um, we'll be back next week. In two weeks, we'll be back with Hauntings of Michigan. Uh, next week, though, if I'm not mistaken, let me look at the handy dandy calendar real quick. Um. <laughs> Yeah, my calendar, for whatever reason, is not on the same page as I am. I'll tell you what, man. Technology is not my friend, i tell you. Yeah, next week, November 1st, our good buddy Sean Thompson from Thompson Personal Training is going to be on the show. Um, he's going to talk about how he's been kicking my ass for the past several months. Um, but yeah, but it's going to be pretty cool, and we get to hear his story and how he's pretty much changed his life and how he's adapted to this new you know this new life that he's created for himself being a personal trainer and constantly 
you know, wanting to do better, you know, especially with the boxing training and the cardio and just the different workout plans that he's helping. And he's helped several people, um, which, by the way, if anybody here listening to the program right now, if you want Sean to help you out, go to Thompson Personal Training on Facebook, sign up. Uh, meet with Sean, have a conversation with him. If you guys sign up for three months, you get the fourth month absolutely free if you mention Movement Radio. So make sure you guys take care of this very exclusive deal. He, he, Him and Thompson Personal Training, they are the sponsors of Movement Radio. So, Sean, thank you once again, and we can't wait to have that conversation with you next week. Before we head out, though, Chip, would you like to talk to everybody about Mission 22 real quick? Uh, I won't go in, in into too much depth about Mission 22 like I did uh the last couple of weeks uh just to say that uh i have partnered with mission 22 um there is a link on my facebook page if you want to donate um i will be doing 22 push-ups every day for the entire month of november starting on november 1 uh in hopes to raise money for veteran suicide prevention uh, Mission 22 is a nonprofit organization. All the money goes to help um, with veteran suicide prevention. Uh, for those that don't know, 22 uh, Armed Forces veterans commit suicide every single day. Um, so uh, I will be doing that and I would gladly appreciate any help if you feel in your heart the desire to donate, whether it be five dollars or you know five pennies, uh, any little bit helps. Uh, thank you. Absolutely, uh, a great cause. Make sure you guys make sure if you uh, do decide with it, if it, if you if you're led to donate in any way, shape, form, fashion, or if you feel the need to participate in the 22 push-ups a day for the month of November, um, you can definitely do that as well. Um, also we want to take a very we want to also send a shout out to everybody in this endeavor alongside us uh how do you take your wrestling with Jaden newman chat with gunner miller with gunner miller chat with gunner with gunner miller our good friends over at the turn the buckle podcast ben will josh jason um you know still we're still praying for you guys and we're still praying for uh, uh drew's family um thank you guys once again for tuning in this episode next week we have sean thompson on the program two weeks from now we got the hauntings of michigan uh three weeks from now we don't really plan out as much as we should probably um but we do have a couple of lists coming up that's probably going to make you scratch your head and make you think what the fuck are these people thinking but th- we will get to that in due time yes. we will get to we will get, we'll definitely get to uh, that in due time um yeah and we're still uh planning on so this weekend is halloween weekend um, and uh, we're still planning on trying to get a special Halloween edition out for you guys. Um, hoping to get that done this week. Yes, we would definitely uh, get that. We definitely try our best to get that done this week. Um, don't really know exactly. Like I had a like my, my buddy Jonathan, the one that sent us the uh, the uh, the question, uh, the AMA on the, on the mm-hmm. AMA. He actually sent me an a, uh, an article. Uh, about like haunted movies or something like that, like the best haunted movies of the past right. 10 years or something like that. Um, and he thought, hey man, maybe this would be good for your uh, podcast. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll present it to uh, Chip and see what see what he thinks and we can talk about it. And if we both agree on it, then we can knock it out. But uh, but yeah, thank you, Jonathan, thank you. for sending us that. We appreciate it. Um, 
but yeah we got a lot of cool things coming down the pike for movement radio um you know this isn't stopping anytime soon and we want to thank you guys so much for all the love and support that you've given us thank you guys so much and with that being said chip let's hit him with the outro with that being said please do not leave without leaving a like comment share and subscribe on your favorite cod favorite podcasting platform easy for you to say uh, <laughs> um make sure you check us out on all of our social medias facebook instagram and twitter there you go i did it too <laughs> karma uh <laughs> make sure you check out the uh, youtube channel make sure you subscribe and click that bell to get notified of our latest videos i am chip hazard i'm talon williams and this is movement radio Let's move my radio.